Welcome to the Gym Session, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile and Footy Live. It's time to chat all things football with your host, Jimmy Sabo. Hello and welcome to the Gym Session. I'm Jimmy Zabo and I'm here thanks to Sportsmate Mobile, TLA and the Footy Live app. Make sure you download the Footy Live app today for all your stats, scores, highlights, news and opinions and of course your podcasts. Today's pod is a big one. We've got a very special guest coming up. Some would call him a fine gentleman. It's Mr. Mark Finey Fine, the incredible radio broadcaster and sports media professional. He will stop by to chat about his career and footy in 2021. The Monday Review panel on a Tuesday will be back with Nico and Gordon coming in to recap round four and wind me up about the Tigers losing, I'm very sure. Before we get to the rest of the pod, I usually start by getting something off my chest. Now, I usually try and stay positive, but it is hard sometimes. I wake up on a Tuesday, say I'm going to be positive, life's good, then I pick up the Herald Sun and realise it isn't. But no, actually, it is positive, but life is, but we always tend to focus on the negative because outrage gets clicks. We all know that. We all know it's about revenue and clicks, which is why this weekend there was a big focus on low crowds and reasons why people aren't going to the footy. It is true. It's a pain in the ass. The COVID restrictions at Victorian stadiums are a joke. The hypocrisy is uh, ridiculous, and so are the double standards. But to use the difficulty of buying tickets and the frustrating nature of restrictions as an excuse not to go to the footy and support your team is just poor. It's like not exercising because it's too cold, not cooking because you're too tired, not going to the dentist because you support Collingwood. It is poor. And according to Jared Healy, in Melbourne and other stadia, if you ring up, your brother has to go over there, your mum has to go over there, you cannot go and sit in the same spot, and this is a joke, he said. It's actually funny because for my family, not being able to sit next to me at the footy would probably make them more likely to go. But in fact, it's not true. You're able to purchase six tickets per transaction. Now, North fans don't even have that many members. So what is the excuse? Some bloke rang up Talkback Radio on Monday, no joke, saying, I'm 50, can't work out the phones to get a ticket. Now the train has this bloody MyKey system, too hard, not going. In all honesty, my 93-year-old grandmother takes a tram twice a week to go to swimming classes. She can't even speak the language. Now, neither can Essendon fans, that's fair enough. But you can't use that as an excuse, surely. I reckon if you want to be there, you will find a way. And if you can't be bothered going, fair enough. But to use excuses and blame others, it doesn't sit well with me. So hashtag the gym session. Let me know what you think. I'm interested. Maybe it's just me. I'm not sure. But something that does sit well with me is the action on the field over the weekend. We're going to recap it now with our wonderful round recap. Yes, Jimmy! Thursday night was all about Swan's buddy, and they had a couple to be fair, with the umpires extra friendly to the home crowd. But Franklin's decisive goal stole the headlines. Swans have been flying, but the three-point win was a bit of a dive in terms of performance. At least they didn't get distracted by a hooker. Tigers introduced two new Cubs to a hostile environment and learned the hard way that in footy life, there's a lot of grey areas. Robbie kicked the sealer, then saved power at the other end. Richmond came up short when trying to rock the boat, and while Port won by two points, things weren't all rosy. Connor kicked two goals, but the other two of the trio of young guns, Dersmer and Butters, were injured. It didn't stop the celebration from the crowd, though, as they couldn't be happier, despite not being able to wear the prison bars. Coincidentally, those are the two places the home fans ended up after the game. The Bulldogs and Lions travelled to Mars on Saturday while the doggies' pressure made Brisbane really feel like they were out of space. Again, the coach made sure English received high marks while Daniel proved success is not all about being rich. He had 29 disposals and Hipple kicked a couple, but McRae was the biggest attraction in Ballarat, with the doggies ending up winners by 19 points. It was bloody cold out there, so I'm sure they were all happy to celebrate being undefeated with a lukewarm beverage. Fans prayed to the Saints during the third quarter and the butler delivered a comeback on a steel platter, fit for a king. 
An incredible 33-point comeback left supporters breathless and Adam Simpson with an embarrassing gaffe. Andrew wasn't that bad, though, but Waterman could have made more of an impact as Waterboy. That's harsh, but so would have been the coach's spray after conceding the last eight goals. Saints by 20. There was no sun shining during the Gold Coast scrappy loss to the Blues on Saturday night, although the team that put on bets got a nice return. Eddie kicked a goal, Murph and Mackay got a couple, but it was the back line that made sure they wouldn't leave the ground sard. Different year, Sam Doherty, as the skip tallied up 28 touches and Jones and Wiedering tallied 25 intercept possessions. We thought King would have had an impact for Gold Coast, but then again, it's Queensland. Where's <laughs> my 11 points? It's getting so bad. On Saturday night, the MCG was wet and the pies got cold as GWS came away with a giant upset thanks to Uncle Toby leading the way with five goals in their first taste of victory for the season. Mum always said greens make you stronger, which was proved once again at the weekend. They were missing cogs, but the engine ran smoothly and Leon's life will get a bit easier this week. Not so for Nathan. who will be losing bucks should these results continue. GWS by five goals. The Kangaroos were tied down again and Adelaide weren't in the mood for being good sports and gifting North Melbourne anything. To their credit, the Young Roos took the game on admirably in the second and third term, but ran out of hop in the fourth. After only having a spoon to nest with last season, the Crows are flying high and find themselves on the cusp of the top four, with Tex Walker their lead-up superhero and once again the pride of South Australia. Adelaide by 41 points. Is this the real life or is this just a fantasy? These fans will have been lying awake at night asking themselves that very question. Melbourne have recorded their best start to the season in 27 years, which for loyal followers is a pleasant escape from reality. While Clayton Oliver was put in a twist by Mark O'Connor and left asking, can I have some more? Christian Petrarca started with 36 disposals and two goals. Sadly, Stephen May was turned into a one-eyed D and will miss the next month. Cats coach Scotty doesn't know what to do with his troops, but luckily they've basically got the bye next week. They is by 25. The unsociable Hawks arrived in Perth ready for a scrap, it seemed. The only problem was they mustn't have accounted for as the Hawk flies time and arrived about 40 minutes late, down 36-2 at quarter time. People bemoan how much time professional footballers spend on the golf course, but Hawthorne fans would have been happy that Fife hasn't been down the driving range for target practice, kicking 0 goals 6 to keep the Hawks within swooping distance. Clutch goals from Sean Darcy had Hutto effing excited, while Father Time continued to ignore David Mundy, whose stat sheet was as full as Hawthorne's fine jar, with four players sent for please explains to the tribunal. Dockers by 15. Okay, today's guest is one of the most brilliant broadcasters we've ever seen in Australian radio. He brought us entertainment and insight through his time on SEN while providing a platform for incredible talkback banter that has failed to be recreated since. He kept us company for over a decade with Evenings with Mark Fine and never shied away from giving us his open and honest opinions, especially on Fine's Final Siren. His interviewing, hosting and journalism skills are admired by many and I'm privileged to be able to speak with him today on the gym session. Mr. Mark Finey Fine, how are you, mate? Good. Sounds like I wrote that intro. <laughs> you did. Thanks for sending that before. It worked <laughs> well. Hey, uh, what does life look like for you now, Finey? What are you doing? Well, in terms of my connectivity to football, mm-hmm. it's very much through footyology with Rowan Connolly. Roko and I do two podcasts a week and one Twitter TV show. And beyond that, Roko's extended footyology out to be a great website with a lot of great written word on it. So predominantly that in terms of what I'm doing with football, but away from football there are there's family, there's um we've sort of got a couple of um, 
properties and trying to consolidate that. So I've got a large family that keeps me busy, but always two eyes on the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I'll ask you about the footy in a sec, but do, I wanted to ask, do you miss radio? Do you miss, miss being involved in the in the sports media landscape through radio? Yeah, yeah, I love radio. Mm. It's a it's a medium that I felt that I was suited to. It's obviously immediate, it's disposable, but it can give the operator or the person who's pro, you know, the person who's programmed it, it with the right station. And SEN, when I worked there, gave me license to really be my own man. Mm. It really allows you to be yourself. And I had plenty of hours on radio. You know, I was on plenty of hours during the week. So in the end, I I really enjoy it because it, it ultimately is you and you go to work and you just be yourself and talk about sport. That's a pretty good job. Yeah. Or talk about anything. It doesn't have to be sport. Mm-hmm. How, did, how did you first get involved in, in radio? How did you, you make your way up and, and through the ranks? We'll be back after a quick break. I'd been involved with sports media through first copywriting and then doing work for AFL.com.au. AFL.com.au used to do post-match interviews of all coaches and some of the players' access to the rooms. So I'd be assigned a game each weekend, sometimes two, to have a cameraman and go down and do that. I did work on live and kicking for Harvey Silver. And then through my friendship with Russell Gilbert, we got work on the footy show. Don't know if you remember a segment back in the day called Mastermind, mm-hmm. the quiz. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Sort of engineered by myself, wrote the questions, got yeah. the talent for the program. So that was, took up a fair bit of my week's work at that time. And then when the station was being mooted, the program manager, Rob Law, knew Rod Gilbert, uh, Rob, Rob Gilbert, Russell Gilbert, back from uh, growing up in the western suburbs and offered Gilbo a spot. And Gilbo said, look, I've got an offsider who knows more about sport than me. We'd do it together. And it went from there. Yeah, brilliant. Hey, a lot, a lot of people try and get into the, the sports media landscape in a professional sense like you did. What, what do you think was the biggest advantage for you? Was it your footy knowledge or was it the gift of being able to speak to anyone? Was it confidence? What, what do you reckon it was for you? You know, to start off with, all those previous jobs that I had, including copywriting, because I wrote for Channel 7 Football and for Channel 7 Sport, because there is a bit of writing that goes on there. The most important piece of advice I could give is reliability. Mm. You know, when you start off, whether you're 
lucky enough to get a job maybe as a producer at a radio station or any job that you do in sports media. Because of the sort of turnover and whether or not you're a small cog in the machine, there will be a reliance on you. So don't get too caught up in your own importance, but just know that if you don't meet a deadline, if you call in sick, that affects a lot of people down the line. And generally, operations are run by one person, so there'll be a head of football, a program manager at a radio station, and he does not want to be, or she does not want to be constantly picking up the pieces for an unreliable worker. So I, I can honestly say that the greatest asset I had going forward was that I felt that it was like the Australian wicketkeeper's job. Mm. Every job that I had, don't give the gloves to somebody else, do the job yourself, never call in sick, never be late. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, I also loved uh, listening to you on the radio, mate, of course. And you had a heap of dif- different segments that you did. You had the Fitness Hour, Radio Game Show, Bush and the Burbs. You talked soccer with Zappers and David Davidovich. Um, you had the right time as well with Gavin Krasiska. What, what, yep. was, what was your favourite or, say, the most fulfilling segment or, or something you did on radio? What did you enjoy the most? I, I've got to say the right time because it really did make a difference, you know. And hmm. it's a, It was an hour about addiction. And it was pretty groundbreaking and still would be if there was an hour like that on radio every week Mm -hmm. in Melbourne. We had a lot of callers that really opened up to us and I had the good fortune of meeting some of these people away from radio and generally it's a pretty good rule not to sort of reach out to listeners, but there were instances where it made a real difference. So I was, going to say, I was pretty proud of it. Yeah, yeah, and and you should be. Uh, was that your idea that you, you came up with? How did that um, come about, that segment? I think it was on a Monday, wasn't it, for an hour, every Monday? No, actually, Gavin Francisco approached me. I'd, I'd met Gavin through Reckling football. Now, mm. I'd been invited down to Reckling as an umpire because I'd be, I was on radio, and Gavin was there coaching the Salvation Hawks. Now, sensibly, and certainly to me, he, like myself, being him being an ex-AFL footballer, me being on radio, had been invited down to, you know, give those involved with wrestling more identity and for, in his position to pass on his football knowledge. Now, Gavin rang me up one afternoon and said, I want to have a coffee with you. Mm-hmm. And we went and had a coffee, and I couldn't believe what, he told me over the next 45 minutes to an hour. He said that in the next day or so, he'd be hitting the headlines because he'd done a one-on-one interview with Eddie McGuire. And then he went on to explain that he had suffered the disease of addiction most of his adult life, or all of his adult life, mm-hmm. and through his teenage years, and had played his entire league career addicted to speed, addicted to marijuana, um, and other sort of aligned addictions came out of that with gambling, but that was later on. Mm. And that he'd gone public with it and he didn't want what had happened to him to be a sort of a headline forgotten in a day because his story was that he's almost lost everything, lost all his money from football and his wife basically put him in the car and took him to a rehab centre and said, if you don't go in and get help, 
I'm taking the kids and we're leaving. And by the time I met Gavin, he was part of Recklings, not because he'd been invited down as a footballer, but because he'd gone through a rehab program and become a drug counsellor. And that was all pretty private, but that world opened up and he said, what, is there anything we could do on radio that would make my message that's going to ring loud and clear with Eddie in the next couple of days resonate? And I came back and I said, how about an hour every week? And from that through the right time. Mm, brilliant. And it's really admirable how he's come up, uh, come out open with it and how, how much he wants to help other people. Do you still keep in contact with Gavin post radio? Look, I don't, I don't keep in contact with him, but I see him annually down at the Reckling Finals, which yep. are held at St Kilda at the Peanut Farm. And, yeah, I've run into him a couple of times. He's still fighting the good fight. Yep. He does it professionally now with mm-hmm. his own rehab program. And I think people who... And I think everybody's been touched by addiction in some way, if not directly, if not friends or family, then certainly understanding basically the society we live in has an undercurrent of battle with various addictions. And, you know, it, it's a mat- it's not a matter of a tide that can't be kept back, but it's a fight that he'll be fighting for the rest of his life because I think it's part of human nature. Yeah. Hey, your time ended at SEN in, in 2018. Um, a lot of people weren't happy with it, including myself. I enjoyed listening to you and you had a lot of loyal listeners. Um, you said at the time, I think, I wouldn't have an ego if I didn't think it was the wrong call, but I respect their right to make the decision. What were the feelings at the time? Look, I mean, the company had chosen, or the board had chosen to basically not as much merge with Croc Media as be sort of taken over by Croc Media mm. and have as its... Have as its um, Directed, have as a station manager and also followed the, the direction of Craig Hutchison. So that's the direction the company's gone in. Now, I know, I, I've, I've listened to the station since, and it's very different, but it's not unexpected. I mean, Craig has nationalised the brand, and in doing so, he's gone for more identifiable figures. I sort of understand his philosophy. I still don't... I still believe that there's a... There would be a place for me on that station. I don't think Eastman's is treated with anywhere near the respect it deserves, which is crazy. I mean, Mm. it shows to me a little bit of um, Craig's inexperience in radio and something that he hasn't really managed to catch up with. So whilst he is brilliantly adept at uh, selling the product and has been successful in nationalising the product, so I don't know whether that success runs to the ratings. One of the one of the sort of basic precepts of radio is obviously the most important ratings period, the way where you get the most money is in breakfast. You know, you start off in the start off early and that's where all the big teams are. It's generally understood that the station that somebody goes to sleep with or turns the radio off on is the same station that they wake up on Mm. and get into the car to. So that was my responsibility at SEN. Do a good evening show, 
because that's the radio station that people come back to first thing in the morning. Mm. And it's always been a philosophy of radio, but I don't think they pay evenings anywhere near enough respect on SEN. And to me, there's always been the sense since the station's been taken over of, of the tail wagging the dog a bit in that if you've got money to sponsor a, an hour or basically they drive hard for the cash sale and I think at times it's compromised the radio station. I'll, I'll honestly say it, hand to heart. And I don't say this with any joy because I'll explain why. Um, the station's not as good as it was. The ratings say that the general, general sort of um, mood in the streets, the zeitgeist is, that that station isn't what it was and that's not a good thing. And I take no pleasure in that because the biggest part of my broadcasting resume, in fact, my professional resume, is the time I spent at SEN. Now, mm. even though I'm not there, I want SEN to be a big, powerful station. I want it to rate eights and nines so when people look at my resume and see that I was there for 12 years, they go, gee, you were part of SEN. Mm. Not, I don't want to see the station wither on the vine because that does nothing for my time that was spent there. In, in other words, you know, you'd want to have three AW on your resume, not three MPs. Mm. So more power to SEN, and I hope that they can find more ratings and find the formula that people love. Mm. So have you, you've got aspirations then of returning to radio? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I. I, with the right offer, I would return tomorrow. Well, I'd love to, to hear you back there, but in the meantime, you're still uh, you're doing your stuff with Roko, which I uh, enjoy listening to. How's he like to, to work with constantly? What's he like, Roko? I mean, fans, look, he's intense, passionate, mm-hmm. and we've been you know driving that footyology product now for six years. Yeah, so it's. It's no, it, it's no gimme, in other words, and we both expect this of each other, to understand football, to have watched football, to know what's going on, to be on top of things. And I would say that he's, at the same time, um, not easy to work with in the best possible way, yeah. in, in the sort of way that, you know, you can't just bludge your way through. And I think you find that you'll find a few Football members of the football media come the second half of the season, start sort of fudge. You know, they 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 know how to um, fill in the gaps, so mm. to say. Yeah, yeah. Can't do that with Rowan or with me. Mm. So, in the best possible way, he's a he's a he's not an easy he's not a gimme to work with. But beyond that, his football knowledge is great, and beyond that, he's a great bloke. So, no matter what, you know, when you work intensely together, you butt heads occasionally. Mm-hmm. The, the overriding feeling of working with Rowan is absolute pleasure, absolute joy. Yeah, brilliant. All right, Finey, speaking of footy, I'd like to play a quick game with you. It's called uh, Fine or Not Fine. Okay, so I'm gonna gi- I'm gonna give you a statement, and you tell me yep. if that's fine with you or not fine. Okay, as as you yep. can tell, I spent a lot of time coming up with that name. So let's that hope is it goes. A great, that's a great segment. That's there you go. 
We should be on radio <laughs> together. <laughs> well, that, you know what? I've got to say, one of the things that I'm proudest of on radio yeah. was how we named our segments. Yeah, yes. We had really good names for segments. Like, you know, we, we did lead teams, but we couldn't use lead teams, mm. so we came up with selection dissection. Yeah. <laughs> which I think people really sort of liked. The right time was um, a great name for that segment. Our, mm. our um, look at local and country footy, the bush and the, the burbs. Yep, yep. People still sort of use that and talk about it as though it's public property. No, it's not. Paul Daffy and I came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I got inspiration from you. So let's go with fine or not fine. Okay, the first Love one. It. St Kilda will make top four. Uh, <laughs> you had to start me with that one. No, I had to. I had to. Um, not fine. Oh. Not fine, jeez. There's so many St Kilda supporters here just absolutely in tears because you were the one man who was giving them hope. Surely, if you got to believe look, look, in them after that. Against Westgate. Um, that, that question could be, I'm, I'm not saying it's dead, mm. not at all. Mm. But it was dead 10 minutes into the third quarter yeah. against West Coast. Mm. So, really, if they can win one of the games between Richmond and Port, then they're up there with the big boys, aren't they? But the problem is that we've got a very hard draw and, you know, you can't get too far behind Sydney or Melbourne or the Bulldogs and you've still got to fit in Richmond, Port Adelaide. Mm. No, so I'll say not. Not fine. Okay. Collingwood are missing finals. Fine. Fine. Okay. Haven't liked what you've seen. That's fair enough. Me neither. Um, ben Cunnington's bump was worth a week. Not fine. Yeah. I agree. Pretty unlucky. Well, hopefully they'll get a result at the tribunal. Yeah, when they overturn it. Yeah, no, I wasn't happy with that. Uh, Melbourne are the real deal. I can't believe I'm saying this, but, <laughs> but fine. <laughs> I know. Well, you can't argue with what they've shown so far. At least they're, they're keep, they've promised a lot in pre-season. And, uh, oh, they have to, I, yeah. The way they play... When they add Wiedemann and or Brown to that yeah, team, that, yeah. becomes, that becomes seriously good. Mm. Well, that was a problem, wasn't it, Finey? That the, the forward line was what everyone questioned. And, and yeah. then you've, you're adding them to an already impressive, I mean, outcome, what the uh, the results they've produced so far. It is scary, isn't it? Yeah, the one thing is that uh, that team was built sort of reverse engineered and... It didn't make sense until about halfway through last year. Mm. But it was I think that thing's built on May of Lever. Now May's out for a month, so we'll just see how it mm. works without it. Geelong's ball movement is too slow. Um not fine. Mm. Only because they are masters of their own destiny and I I actually don't think they've got the personnel. I, I, look, I'm going to say not fine because I don't think that's their biggest problem. Okay. Well, just quickly, what is their biggest problem? They don't have a, a deep midfield anymore. Now, Dangerfield comes back and makes a big difference in that regard. Mm. But I just feel that their team now runs on, run, runs, you know, six or seven players that are, are a bit susceptible. I'll say this, I, I think I think Zach Tui 
very much in his last year. Mm. Um, the likes of Jordan Clark and Young Close, they're sort of, they remind me of old Geelong players, those sort of little the wisp types. But physically, they almost encourage that keeping off style of play. They're not that physically strong. Yeah. I have a look at their midfield. You know, that Joel Selwood still has to be the one to go in there and get the ball. Mm. But they need they need much more. They need a far deeper midfield to compete with the likes of the Bulldogs and you know, uh, Sydney Swans now, and definitely Melbourne's inside mid and St Kilda. They, they just don't bat deep enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Carlton have has not improved since when. <laughs> uh, since last year. <laughs> so. How old are you, John? Oh, I'm 27. Good. So you can say Carlton has not improved in my lifetime. In my lifetime. There you go. Yep. Would you, is yeah, that fine know, with you? Because <laughs> the first half of my lifetime, when I was 27, yeah. Carlton was a thorn in my side. They mm. were the arrogant premiership winning bastards of AFL football, <laughs> yeah. AFL football, but. No, it, it, I, I'm fine with that comment mm-hmm. because one step forward, one step back for those blokes, I tell you. Mm. Okay, we will have a new Premier in 2021. Are you saying Daniel Andrews is not going <laughs> to make it out of... Make well, it out of well, both. Uh, a new Premier of Victoria and the AFL, what do you reckon? <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a new Premier... Yeah, why not? I mean, bloody, they're bloody good Richmond, but I'm taking six or seven teams against them. So, yeah, yeah. And, and Richmond's great advantage over the rest of the competition, surely, surely it, it, I've seen them. I saw, I saw that team go from just a team mm-hmm. to a great team. Surely it's in method and in self-belief. Now, after four years, three premierships and that third, surely the other team, one other team can not only mimic that, but can improve on that. If not, then Richmond's formula for success is far more hidden than than I believe it is. Yeah, well, let's well, hope let's hope it's hidden because I'm a Richmond man, so let's hope it keeps going. So. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's it's brilliant based on based. Well, there's two theories, you know. There is, and and I subscribe to both, which is unfair. Theory one is that there is this self belief and methodology that Richmond can unbottle, especially towards the end of the season, that is unrivaled. And the other theory is that they've just got 21 blokes that match it with their opponents, plus Dustin Martin, which makes them untouchable. Mm. So what what theory do you subscribe to? That it's a, a, a team, the team's brilliant, or you're just lucky to have the best player of all time? I'd like to think the team's brilliant, but definitely having Dustin Martin um, doesn't hurt, I'd say. Can, <laughs> I, can I be like you and just subscribe to both? Yeah, okay. yeah. Depends which week. Yeah, that's right. And this leads well into the in the last one. The last one of fine or not fine is this. 
you would trade Jack Steele and Jack Billings for Dustin Martin. Now, how long do I have to decide on this? Because oh. I've already decided. I already decided. You already decided. Okay, what was it? Absolutely. And I think Jack Steele's magnificent. Yep. And Billings is leaving. Really, when you consider Billings was taken before Bont and Pelly, mm. um, you know, week in, week out, he's a bloody good player, Jack Billings. Oof. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, did you see that interview with Dustin Martin and, and Rewalt? Yes, I did. Yep. Just brought a tear to my eye when he talked so fondly about barracking for the Saints growing up. <laughs> I bet it did. I bet it did. Yeah, he is a champ, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, of course, you'd ta- I'd take him in a second. Yeah. I've got, I've got great faith in Max King. Oh, look, anyhow, Dustin Martin. So that's fine, then. Fine with you. That is. Have you got the paperwork, mate? <laughs> that's good. I was just testing how much of a, uh, a you know, they call it, sometimes, you know, people can be called nuffies and, you know, see if you had your St. Kilda goggles on, but you definitely don't. You're a calculated man, which is why I love you. And, uh, yeah, I think most people would. Dustin Martin is fine with you. Hey, Finey, before I let you yep. go, mate, I with all the guests, I do 10 quick questions. So just the first thing that pops into your mind, I'm going to ask you 10 questions about yourself. Is no, that all good? good? Yep. Yep. Good. Okay. Your favourite food? Malaysia. Malaysia. Favourite movie? Best person you've interviewed? Viv Worst person you've interviewed? Uh, I don't know if you know this guy, the football <laughs> or Jamie Cooper. Um, yeah, Jamie Cooper. Jamie Cooper. Yeah, he Who? said the word three times before I realised he said it. Oh, what was it? The C word. Oh, Oh no! Uh, so if, the way he said that it was just sort of part of his vernacular. Yeah, yeah. Too. So he didn't notice. Oh, jeez. Who, uh, who did he play for? He played. Oh, sorry, not Jamie Cooper. But Jamie Cooper is the guy who draws the painting oh, of, okay. of all the like, Jamie Shaw. Jamie Shaw. Yeah, he played two, three games for Fitzroy under David Parkin. Yeah. Uh, to say that those two aren't similar people would be an understatement. <laughs> when played for Preston in the VFA. And one year, he kicked, I think, 180 goals in one season. Oh, jeez. And just love, He was an absolute yeah. Just love using the C word. There you go. Um, yeah. If you, could, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, that's a great question. I don't even know where. It's somewhere sort of out of Melbourne. So um, I'll, I'll say... I'll say... Hepburn. Hepburn. Yeah, right. somewhere, somewhere, sort of in the bush near Melbourne. Yeah, okay, nice, good. Your favourite sport other than footy? Well, you're going to love the sport, love you, mate. Yeah. Football, the EPL. The Did a- you know who I In the EPL? West Ham United. Oh, West Ham United. Yes, West Ham United. Oh, boy, am I on a run. Yeah. Me, and my, me and my phone with my Optus. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's yep. oh, brilliant. And and you've also, of course, got the EPL Live app that we do at Sportsmate, I'm sure, which is brilliant. Hey, yeah. You know, um, I interviewed, it's not about, this is about you, sorry for interrupting, but I, I got to interview <laughs> Alessandro Diamanti on Wednesday. And, it, ah, and I, 
It was the it was the best, and he was so good for West Ham. And it was unfortunate yep. he he only left West Ham just to get picked for the national squad because Marcello Lippi, the the Italian coach, wouldn't pick anyone out of the Serie A. So he, because yep. he was playing EPL, yep. he had to go back. What a shame! What a star he is. Oh, he was great. I mean, it's just just a real coup for the Oli mm. picked him up. I don't think people realise how good he is. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. Well, yeah, that's good. You're a West Ham, West Ham supporter, and they're going well. So, what a what a time for you. Hey, do you like Green Street Hooligans? Not really. No. Okay. No, that's all right. No, you can't have what's his name, Baggin from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, I spent a bit of time in England. I used to live yeah. in Liverpool. I used to go down to West Ham every second week. Yeah. And to East End of London. Yeah. And I didn't see. No, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Bloody Baggins. Yeah, no, fair enough too. All right, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be? Um, well, I'm beyond my family. That's the right yeah, thing to yeah, say. Yeah, of course, but well, no, someone else. I've been dinner with him every bloody night. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, if I could have dinner with anybody in the world, it would be look this is such an obvious answer and because I think he's a complete and utter nutcase but it's got Donald Trump Donald Trump yeah what an interesting dinner that would be and I am no fan of Donald Trump but half the reason is because of his diet because he only eats three things apparently he only eats Macca's chicken or well done steak I mean what a weirdo yeah no, that is. And it's Macca's. You know, at Macca's, yeah, there's only three things he eats. What's that? What are they? The quarter pounder. Yeah. They are the most the fillet of fish. The fillet he of eats, fish. He eats fillet of fish and nuggets. He doesn't eat fries, but he's a huge fillet of fish eater. That's so weird. Because yeah, I only get that on Good Friday. You do eat it on Good Friday. Only on Good Friday. If I had to, sometimes we went for a trip on, if we're going away for Easter and you can't have meat on Friday, yeah. so I'd have a fillet yeah. of fish, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, last time I had a fillet of fish, I thought, this cannot be for real. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was like, is that fish? What fish is that? I know. So what do you get then? Are you caught a pounder man then? No, I'm an old traditionalist. Big Mac. Big Mac, chocolate stick shake, and fries. Yeah. My son worked, one of my sons worked there for a while, so that really put me off the idea of eating there. Yeah, no, fair enough, too. This has been a good quick fire question round. It's good. Uh, <laughs> Favourite footy player of all time? Lenny Hay. Yep. What makes you angry? Other than Phil at a Fishers. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, I do have, I do have um, traffic issues. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So you know what I'll say? My own reaction to traffic in- issues <laughs> makes me... Because I do sometimes over-express myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And then it's a bad cycle, isn't it? Because then you get angry at your reaction and it just goes in a circle. It's hard. Melbourne traffic is ridiculous. Well, the problem is that I've got a son who's 19, mm. who's an obsessive, and I have to wake up. We, me and my wife, taking the work. We get up at 5 a.m. every morning. Oh. Um, 
because he's been so slow. He's on his L, but, you know. Oh, he hasn't got his license yet. No, and do you know why he doesn't have his license? Why is that? Because the fear of God of driving him to, <laughs> on, on the way I react in traffic. So, you know. Oh. Karma. Yeah, there you go. Karma. All right, last one, finally. If you had full control, what is one thing you would change about the AFL? One thing. You know what, I don't mind the way it's going at the moment. The one, one thing I would change about the AFL, you know what, I would make it, I would make a system whereby regular football goers, and I don't even mean members, I mean people who go every week, that is registered, and when their team makes the grand final, they do not miss out. Yes. So it would be a prioritised system of attendance, Yeah, I love that. That's good. That's great. Take it take it straight to the AFL. I reckon they should do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. they're they're really gonna they're really gonna turn their back on corporate Australia. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all about the money, mate. Oh well. Oh, well. Were you at the Saints' last grand final? Pardon? Were you at the Saints' last grand final? Okay, I'm losing you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you don't know very well. I, I have not seen one minute replay of 2010, 2009, 1997. <laughs> I, I can't watch one second of it. I, I can imagine. And I, I'm sorry to bring that up. What a way to end. Yeah. People say... People say to me, like, you know, what did you think when Shaw smothered Rewald's kick? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, I had a brain aneurysm 15, yeah. seconds, 15 seconds after the final siren. That game does not exist. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll be able to create some new memories for you because they're looking pretty good at the moment, the Saints. So you should be happy. And uh, I'm very happy because I was able to chat to you today, Mark Fine. You're an absolute legend, mate. I've uh, always loved your work. I admire it. And I uh, appreciate you coming on to have a chat today. You know what? It's an absolute pleasure and you're a gun operator. So <laughs> Thank you. So I look forward to following the podcast. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Much appreciated. Thanks, Jack. Here we go, boys. Time for my second favourite part of the show. God, I love it when I say that. It is the Monday review panel. On a Tuesday, we get to dissect the weekend and you guys get to bag me about Richmond losing again. Boys, how are we? Nico's pissed off. Hawks lost. Gordo's pissed off because Tigers lost. Well, not as much as I am. But how was your weekend other than your team's losing? Yeah, not too bad, Jimmy. Not yep. too bad. It was a good weekend of footy all up. It was. Oh, a I'm good getting used footy. to the Hawks losing now, so I kind of expected, to be honest. But as you should. Hopefully, it's not going to be a lacklustre podca- podcast after all of our teams lost. Well, was it so far? You heard the start of it. it went all right, didn't it? It did. Oh, thanks. Good performance out of the gate, said Jimmy. And you know what? <laughs> you like you have to learn. It's about the process. It's not about the results half the time. That's so true. You have to enjoy the process. If you enjoy turning oh, up to we work, enjoy turning up. If you enjoy turning up footy. to the training track. 
Yeah. Teams play well. If we enjoy talking footy, then that was that's a, all it was a bit lacklustre. My my voice, I'm losing my voice. But at the start, from the top, I got a bit angry about people making excuses, not going to the footy. What do you What do you reckon of that? Do you reckon it's excuse? If you, if you want to get tickets, you can get tickets. Surely, it doesn't matter. How yes, but I think it has played a little part. Not so much what that guy said on the radio. Yeah, with the um with the Mikey and the, the, the whole Mikey story. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a bit radi- rid- ridiculous. But um, there there are some troubles. Oh, not troubles, but my experience with getting tickets hasn't been great either. I, the mm. first thing, the most the most biggest thing I don't like about getting tickets is how you couldn't get guest passes for the first four rounds. And then it turns out that the stadium turns out to be, I don't know, 20,000 less than the capacity. Yeah, well, you like, go, why, why, well, why can't yeah. you Why can't you go to the footy with your mate, your girlfriend, your family member? Instead, you have to purchase them a ticket up in the nosebleeds and you're still paying like 40 or $50 for them yeah, to sit well, there. Yeah, the, the pricing's you do pretty go high. Hawthorne, which is why the stadium is always empty because those fans don't like to brave the weather. But no, no it is a, pr- no, it's, it's no, a point. Don't, don't. I know it's a point because you, you can, if you wanted your membership, like if you're a member and your friend's not a member, then you can't sit together. You've got to, you can sit with your mate, but you've probably got to sit in the nosebleeds. And you have to wait for all other tickets to go on sale first. Yeah, so you have to get the last price priority and, yeah. and Collingwood Carlton was expected to be well we we're hoping it could break a COVID world record of uh, 65 or 67,000 and it turned out to be 50 or in the 40s or something like yeah, that I think was, yeah I think it just it's just stupid 50. and now this week Gorda have you had a problem getting a ticket I haven't but again I feel like I was always AFL membership anyway so I'm, I'm very used to having to go and get buy tickets but yeah. to defend the, the callback caller <laughs> yeah like that's probably a person Darren from Frankston. Darren yeah. from Frankston. Yeah. That's probably a person that's you know a thirty-year member of their club, and literally their their footy experience yeah. is March. Their membership card turns up. It says I you get to sit at M twenty-seven E forty-five. You rock up to the footy each week and you sit in your seat. That doesn't happen this year. So that that that's going to be annoying. No, I'm with them. It's an absolute joke. The system. I reckon it's absolute crap. But I'm I'm saying when people just don't rock up because oh it's too hard. I don't want to go. I understand that. But I think if you want to be there, you'll find ways to be there. Even if you call someone you know and say, "Hey, mate, can you get me a ticket?" I know how to do it. You are you are paying the same amount to sit in. To sit I know in your normal it's frustrating. I'd go, go no matter what. I walk over there. broken glass to get and see the tigers. So maybe I'm different. I don't know. Hey, who was your hero on the weekend, Nico? Yep, uh, my hero was Toby Green. Uh, I mm. did. I'm going to keep this uh, short and sweet because I think Thank we might God. be talking a bit <laughs> further about Uncle Toby yeah. uh, later on. But he was brilliant, and I tweeted it uh, during the game as well. I have him as my. Uh, best small forward in the game at the moment. And I also think he's a top 10 player in the comp. Mm. Yeah, oh, he was fantastic. On the weekend was unbelievable. In the absence of Cogs, and he came in as a stand-in skipper. And I think he's matured. Even hearing him speak now, I mean, and, and you don't see those little, um, you know, the immature acts that he sometimes did in the past. Um, but he's stepped up as a leader, like, like leads by example. And to get the win when you had nine of your best 18 out is incredible. I thought he was good. Yeah. Your hero? My hero from the same team is a uh, big, big mummy. Yep. Bit of a side, side by hero for mine, as like as I like to pick, because I think a lot of the time, new players, even like we also go like assistant coaches. Everyone goes, you know, what do they actually do? So we had an assistant coach basically don the boots and then dominate the ruck. So I think that's for him. Mm. That's a big hero move because now when he goes to training, 
you know, Tuesday, Thursday sessions with the rock pads. He's like, well, I did on the weekend, boys. So you're going right. to listen to me now or are you, yeah. you going to do muck about and, you know, pretend that I don't know my football? It was incredible <laughs> how fit he was. Like how fit you could be not being – like he's ready to retire. He's ready to sit he's, on the couch. Well, he had retired. He's, he's come retired. back out of it. And he's come back yeah. to – yeah. yeah. He's and such then a presence. And then he mm-hmm. and then he's tied up Grundy. So <laughs> yeah. Too good. Hey, what was your highlight? Nick. My highlight was well, it had to be uh St. Kilda kicking eight goals in a row at Marvel Stadium to take home the victory. Because you don't like the West Coast Eagles, but I love, yeah. why wouldn't I like the West Coast no, Eagles? Just, but yes, just, the, the, the hate the, all mate. teams other than Hawthorne. But no, St. Kilda that was incredible. Go on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just gonna say, yeah, the Saints. <laughs> Eight goals in a row. They, they obviously weren't expected to win. They they were coming off a bad loss last week, and all odds were against them pretty much. And yeah, to come home to finish strongly like that was yeah a great highlight. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, second yeah. time this year that the Eels have been done like that at Eddie Head because they've been they got done by the dogs the playing dogs, basically yeah. centers clearance Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. And even though Nick Nat and Tim Kelly again were looking amazing, they've got this synergy going on. The defense they, as well. The defense was there or wasn't there, but. Um, how long until teams, and probably in particular West Coast, start the game management style? Everyone's froth and still about, you know, brand new, yeah. fun, scoring footy. How long until Adam Simpson and co go, you know what? We can't have having these results. Well, are they able to do it? I mean, they kicked the last eight goals of the game. It was, what, the 17th minute mark of the third quarter. Mm. And Butler kicks two in a row. He could have been your hero. He's probably my hero. He was fantastic. You see what you learn at Richmond? Mm. You learn how to break the game open and change it. And in eight in a row, unbelievable. And they couldn't stop it. They couldn't stop it. So how – I mean, it's not even like it's in one quarter. This They had three-quarter time to reassess as well. It takes me back. I know I know uh, the Eagles won the flag in 2018, but remember a couple of years ago um, they were being criticised for being a, a – I don't know. They can't win games away from home pretty much. Mm. They could only win games in Perth. And I, I still see that in them right now. Like if, if they had that lead in Perth, they're not dropping it. Yeah. But it's a at the same thing. time, if they had that lead in Perth, St Kilda aren't upping the pressure. I mean, it was the pressure game that got them back. They they had no pressure the week so you before. you think the crowd had a their, factor their in pressure St rating. Kilda's performance? Well, yeah. I, I think, think it was so more just St Kilda's output as well. Like we've known for ages now that West Coast aren't a pressure side. They're a yeah. tempo they're a tempo They're usually side. not like up in the contested ball either. Like they like to control the footy more mm. rather than have it in a contest. And St Kilda, when it was in a contest, St Kilda were getting absolutely smacked for three, three and a half quarters, two and a half quarters, mm. whatever it was. And and then they just lifted the pressure out of nowhere. But mm. uh, I don't know. You think they can't win? Their flat track bullies is what you call them usually. I don't know if they can. I don't. I think not it's a necessarily bit harsh. flat track bullies. That they can be good sides only when they play them at home. Mm. What was your highlight, Gordon? Uh, my highlight, Port Adelaide versus Richmond. Just played every week. Good game. <laughs> those, those two teams play good games. And Grand it goes against... Preview. Grand final preview. Grand final preview, potentially. Finals type football, whatever you want to call it. But what it was is, is 79 versus 77, which again confirms this fallacy that high scoring footy is the best is the best type of footy. It was the game of the weekend. It was easily the game the, of the weekend. Even though it wasn't, it wasn't 100 points each. I wouldn't say it's a low score. It's not a low score. It's not a low score, but when people say the thing that's wrong with footy is there's not enough kicking, not enough goal scoring, not enough key forwards. I think that was just the finals atmosphere sort of game. 100%. So good teams will always produce good football, whatever that looks like. And so it's, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what the focus needs to be on long term to maintain the quality of football is just make sure that everyone's list is a bit better than what they are. And if that means, you know... So they're going true. out like Eddie wants us to go to 20 teams and we go back to 16 or something like that. I know. Actually lift when you're watching North Melbourne and Adelaide play, you wouldn't want it to be a 50 to 60 game, would 
Yeah. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't and matter just, if it's fifty to sixty enclosed yeah. or if it's one hundred and twenty to eighty. Fifty to sixty open. game when it's Richmond. I think and Port the whole point there, and I agree with Gordon. This fact is not all about the scoreboard. That if the, you bring that intensity, it was absolutely insane. It was, and with but the that's always been the well. case for finals games because they cancel each other out. I They're know, two but good it wasn't a finals game. It was a it was a home away game. It had that and atmosphere to hey, it. Um, were you confu- just quickly before yeah. we move, were you were you confused with the uh, rush behind rule? So Robbie Gray in the last um, last minute or yeah, whatever yeah. it was rushed to behind and I personally wasn't confused. I thought it was pretty straightforward. The umpire yeah. made the right call. Um, it was Tom Jonas said he was confused the next day. No, it, it's always been like that. When you're within ten meters of the goal and there's someone right next to you, yeah. it's it's obviously yeah, you're allowed to do it. And to jump the shark here, that's my low light. Oh, it was more. Bu- it, was more it. it was more. It was more bashing. I should read even it. Even when they got it right. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. those two. Nah, particular, the, the of two course, it wasn't rushed rush behind. Like you're allowed to do it. It was in ten yeah. meters. Like yeah. and no then someone the f- night after um, kicked it through. I think it was side, side bottom, bottom kicked, kicked it, it through, through from twenty five thir- meters out. Thirty meters out. He had someone next to him as well. But, but still, he, you're not allowed to do it because twenty five meters is pretty intentional. In the rule book, they got it right. I mean, they were both intentional. Let's yeah, not get that in the rule. And up, so, left field question for you then yeah. is that: Do we need to change the nomenclature of that rule no. then? Because then you go. So, but in terms of making it easy for people to understand, so if you go ah, inside nine them. and you do it deliberately, because <laughs> if you do it inside nine and it, you actually do it deliberately, yeah. it's not called deliberate because you've had you know you're in those rules. To be so fair, other yeah. rules like NFL, if you drop a knee in the in the um, end zone, it's called a safety. Yeah. Do you do you call it something else like a? Deliberate behind it's or true. a concession maybe, behind. Maybe, or, yeah, maybe, to be fair, um, if you're explaining that rule to someone who doesn't watch footy and yeah. someone who's never seen the game before and you're like, yeah, he deliberately rushed it, but it's but it's not a deliberate rush behind. All right, you can change you the can rule then. Cha- maybe, yeah. Change the terminology. I guess if you want to change the terminology yeah. if it's easier <laughs> to explain to people. Yeah, a concession. I, just, I wasn't confused. It's a fair point. I wasn't confused at all. I don't think, like, no, I wasn't. Yeah, but you're, an expert, you're an expert at the game. I'm saying is for people out there who can't even buy their own tickets and catch up and get a mic key, explain then when deliberate is not deliberate is, is hard enough. Yeah, All right, well, Gordo's true. low light was the ump bashing, which Nick loves to do. What was your low light? Uh, my low light was North Melbourne. Oh, kicking kick oh, them when they're down thing is North oh, bashing. Kicking them when they're mate. down. So, what gonna, is it now? You're going to hate me for this and so are the North you. Melbourne listeners, but I have to say <laughs> they, are, they are the worst side ever. Ever? Ever. There is not one A grade what, on their in, list. In AFL, VFL history. Or the worse than era. university, oh, in modern era. Let's worse say. than in your lifetime. In, in my life, in his lifetime, in the, the worst, the worst team I've ever seen. Okay, um, worse yeah. than the, like the the first iteration of Gold Coast. Absolutely, absolutely, because there was still some excitement watching Gold Coast. They had Gary Ablett for crying out loud, and that that itself was enough to turn the tally on to watch Gold Coast. But there is nothing in North Melbourne. There, there is no A grader, and there is no performance. There's no effort. I know Hawthorne. Undoing that great no effort, they were leading at three quarter time. But exactly, then they collapse by they end up losing the game by eight goals in one quarter against Adelaide, who were lower than North Melbourne on the ladder last year. And a couple of weeks ago, they they get a prime time fixture on Good Friday and lose by one hundred and forty (laughs) points. But crying out loud! So what do you do then? You just blow them up. God, everyone on that list. I don't know. Want I don't know. Everyone on that list is doing Tassie? is doing their best. Are they not doing I, their best? Their best is not good enough. In fact, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's what they're last. But someone has to be last. I know someone has to be last, but it, 
My golly, yeah. at least, I think the biggest thing is, is when you're up, you're up at three quarter time and you lose by 40 points, then yeah. you've really got to have. Because imagine the North fans at three quarter time going, finally, we're getting a win, boys. Here we go. And they lose by 40. They put up the white, the white flag, waved yeah. it. We're gone. They're, no fight, no resistance. And, and, and surely not like a fitness issue in the last quarter. Like it's literally a fight. Do we want this? Time to step up. I just don't thing. believe in getting rid of all your best players, all your senior players, and throwing out a bunch of kids who are VFL. Well, they've, level they've at been best. very ruthless, like when they got rid of the old blokes. But then Absolutely. even last year, delisting eleven so to, players. So to pivot then into a broader question: Do teams should they rebuild anymore? So you got Collingwood at the moment, who are everyone everyone in mainstream media is saying. They should need to rebuild. They need to right. press the button. They need to flip no, that they, switch. They, they need to stop picking kids. They, they need to because they've don't don't pick Levi Greenwood anymore. He's too old. Don't pick you know no, Chris Main doesn't get another go ever you again. Need, no, you need a balance. It's not just starting from the bottom. Exactly. You need a you balance do. of play, and and you probably need to look at like Collingwood. What do they need? They need a forward who's going to step up. If, since Travis Cloak, they haven't had someone you can mm. kick to even then. But someone you can rely on and kick to. Like my check is not the answer. Neither is Cox. You know. And their entry inside 50, again, only against Carlton, it was good they could hit targets inside 50. Mm. Any other team, it's been horrific. Mm. And when you're not showing fight as well, when you're not, like, smashing contested ball or, or putting your body on the line, you've got to have something else there. And it's like, it's going into the 50, it's coming straight back out, they're not getting it back in there. It's just, like, the simple things. I don't think you go, all right, let's 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 start again and get young blokes in and everything yeah. like that. And young you blokes need, need to learn the game as well. And so the ones that succeed is when, when Richmond's been on top and they bring young players in, it's because they're learning how to train and how to play from the coaches and the Dusties and the, and the rewalts of the world. Exactly right. Do you, Even, really, do you really get anything from just throwing them in the deep end, throwing them under the bus um, and getting smashed well, by 100 points that, every week? Saying that, like what, what Brisbane, you get out of that? Brisbane kind of did that to an extent. A few years back and we were laughing at how bad they were going. And then... They, and they got Lockie Neal. Yeah, well, they got Lockie Neal. they then. got Joe Danaher. Joe Danaher. I know what I'm saying, but I was like, they're not... They still didn't get. I think they well, okay. They, they, yeah, not everyone can win the premiership, though. That's the problem. No, that's the thing. Like you can start from the bottom and then they can work their way up. If Sydney, for example, who's starting the pretty fresh list, I mean, there is. But they still had. But they still had Candy and they still had Buddy and they can. Yeah, yeah. So that's the point. I think is Sydney is Sydney is list management. Well, I would say one hundred and one, but they stole the blueprint from Clarko to pump up Hawthorne's ties. And as Hawthorne aren't doing great this year, again, you don't just clean out house. You want to try and like drip free feed kids through but whilst keeping people exactly. that can show them how to play. You can only make so many um, cuts at, at the end of each season, maybe delist three veterans at a time, two or three veterans at a time and just ease into the process, not cutting 11 plays at once like mm. North Melbourne It was a shock year. to see that last year for sure. Hey, Nathan Weller, we got a few tweets and emails this week. Nathan Weller tweeted in. First, he asked, why did Nick block me on Twitter? Um, you can answer that first. Second one, he said, based off the small sample size, which team is on is in more danger of missing the finals? Geelong, St Kilda, GWS, Collingwood, or the Lions? Uh, what did you say? Missing missing finals. Out of them, if I would pick GWS, a uh, missing finals out of them for me. Uh, Geelong will make a finals 100%. Uh, even though you're worried about them, please. No, I'm, they'll be fine. They will be in the finals. Uh, and, uh, GWS and Collingwood. I had Collingwood, like I was certain, I said the other week, Collingwood will make a finals no matter what. I've looked at their games. They probably can, like, realistically, they win 11, 12. They're lucky probably. And that's just scraping in mm. or just missing. Yeah. I don't know. I'll go with GWS and Collingwood to miss that. You? Probably the same. same. Yeah. yeah, GWS and Collingwood. Why did you block him? Uh, because I'm against... 
social media bullying. No, bullying? It's no, not I, bullying for I, I don't. I don't like uh, Richmond supporters. Fair on enough. My, on my Which Twitter is why feed. you did. Blo- you've blocked me on occasion as well. Um, there you go. But he's one <laughs> of our <laughs> biggest fans. So, uh, Dario Casale tweeted in. No, he emailed in. Sorry. Want to hear Nick's thoughts on this? Okay. Um, it was Kane's Cor- Kane Corns' comments. He said, Hawthorne, they have the least amount of A-grade talent under 25 in the competition. What do you think on that? I he's, mean, he might be right, but, be right. It's a, again, it's a team on, on the rebuild, on the rise. What do you expect Hawthorne so to have? Like, it's the worst. Well, th- they've only dipped into the draft in these last two years. So mm. what do you expect? I, I struggle to understand what he's trying to get at. Well, it's a statement. Do you agree with it or you don't agree with it? Do you agree with it? I mean, I, I, I haven't, I haven't counted the A-graders under we'll 25 A-graders. from it? every other team. Or from I'm every other team, fair enough. I can't yeah. really compare. But from the top of my head, I'm liking uh, the kids that are coming through at Hawthorne at the moment. Will Day is is going to be a future captain, without a doubt. Warple's already won a best and fairest, although he has plateaued this year. He's plateaued, but since that that year was good, showed sign, hasn't showed anything yep. since. CJ Scrimshaw. CJ is very raw, fair enough. I mean, he's one of only two players this year that has received coaches' votes in all four rounds, along with Jack McRae. So he has done very well this year. Um, yeah, Jack Scrimshaw as well uh, was one was hour best young be, player. Yes. What do you mean? Supposed to be. There, are, there are no Hawks fans. There are no Hawks fans sitting there at the moment, though, being like, "Oh, geez, if we don't change something quick, we're going to be a team that only wins one or two games a year." I think I Hawthorne think fans still go to games thinking they will win. They have a chance of winning every week. You need a tall forward they, who can. Oh, absolutely. Everyone yeah, needs a tall forward. forward. No, how I many? Mean, how many? The, how many A grade tall forwards are there in the competition? Oh, yeah, but four. You, uh, no, but you need someone who can actually take a mark and kick a goal. That's right. But like, we, we are rebuilding and we are trying to yeah. find that next player. We've been. It's not like we haven't been trying. Right. Uh, next one, he uh, asks us. Uh, is again is Geelong's brand of forty two slow because he said I'm interested in what Jimmy has to say about the cats this week. Can I'll start. Yeah. What I have to say about and the can cats. You this start. Week. Can you start with an apology as well? What was the what do I need oh, to apologize just start, about? Just, just because you didn't uh, believe me last week. It wasn't about believe. It was my opinion. So my opinion stays the same as this. Okay, but is that just it's not all worrying? Like, okay, no, I fair put enough. my money where my mouth was you and did, tipped Melbourne I, to beat Geelong you Melbourne. and it was both a great Gordon tip, and, and James. And I agree that is a fantastic tip. The, uh, Dug into me. <laughs> no, I, I laughed that you'd put your house on it and not ask for anything in return. But well, that's just how confident I was because <laughs> I saw Geelong play firsthand. I was sitting up in the nosebleeds and had a bird's eye view of it and they didn't look good. And I, I said yeah. to the people I was sitting next, next to at the footy, I said, gee, if Geelong were playing a good side today, they would have got smashed. Just so happens they'll play Melbourne the next week, yeah, and I said they will get smashed, and they did. Yeah, their style of footy was was horrendous on the weekend because not not only – they, okay, obviously they didn't want to go end-to-end with Melbourne because that's what they like to play. But in that weather as well, if you're not 100% precise at getting through the field and working your way up, then you can't play that brand. And you thought, okay, they can play slow at times, but they've got to play fast at times as well and get it in quickly. There's no forward in the world that would say, I like it when the ball's um, kicked in slow. Mm. Get it in fast. Get it. Tom Hawkins one-on-one. That's what you want to create, don't you? Space for him to come and lead into. Yes, there's players to come back into that team, but the way he's playing, and it is a stubborn mentality from Scott, not even to change it at halftime to go, this is not working. It's a sinking ship. Are they not, slowly are they not playing that way because they can't with the current personnel? Like, do I, they, can I they, think they haven't adapted to the new rules. I and it, they got found out in round well, one against Adelaide. And they haven't shown anything. They've played two sides 
from last season's bottom four. And they haven't showed sides, yeah, uh, signs of a um, side from last year's grand final. Well, the thing is, I don't understand. Is it's like people said they're not a contested, like they're not a, that ruthless contested side that they were. So they don't want to put it. Um, they don't want to be um, creating more contests than they need to. But that's exactly what they've been doing because they haven't been hitting those precise passes. They've had to go down the line how many times? I want to check the stats of how many times I went down the line on the weekend. And you're waiting at half time if they can change it because I tipped, I tipped the cats. I'm sitting there going, "Hurry up, boys! Uh, when's Scotty going to change something? Nick's going to be ripping into me all week because he thinks he knows everything about footy." Oh, you should have seen the text messages coming my way. I know everything. Add it to the list. I'm the tipping <laughs> king, even though he's four behind me. But yeah, you. Um, I like tipping upsets, but <laughs> it's definitely not all doom and gloom for the cats, though. It's very, very. Oh, it's early. not. It's and not. They get Dangerfield back this week. They get Jeremy Cameron. Radically, he's not in the li- not in the um, team. They um, need Gary Rowan back, and they'll. Smash North Melbourne this week by 100 points <laughs> and they'll be back in the top eight and they probably will finish Nick, top four. Right. I'm just saying they'll struggle against hey, quick sides. Will you That's put all. your house on the line, your land package on the line to say, because you were pretty confident yesterday, you said that they will beat North by minimum 100 points. Minimum 100. There's no way you can put your land on that. I mean, no, unless you want to put something on the line I don't want to put James. anything, okay, but you were giving out bets. and No, pro- no, I wouldn't do that, but I'd at least 10 goals. At least. At least 10 goals. So you put your house on that. <laughs> you put the land <laughs> package on that. He's really keen just to get a double or nothing on me. And do, try go, go. And the, hope for no, it. No, I don't, because I think they will too, but that's the thing. Yeah, um, and Gordo agrees yeah. as well. <laughs> no problem. Um, Josh Toth. Oh, no, wait. Daria had another question. Are the D's the real deal? Gordo, you can answer this because just a lead in, you hate the Demons. You thought it was all hype and, and bullshit coming in. The Demons aren't good. All the promises in preseason are worth nothing. They're not going to perform. They are four and zip and they're looking pretty good. And their biggest problem was forward line. Yep. And they have got Ben Brown and Wiedemann to come back in. And they've still been oh, kicking goals. Big, big names. Here we go. Okay. Who, who so judging by that reaction. Who have they beat? Okay. Geelong. They beat Geelong. Geelong. But Geelong. You just, we just spent <laughs> 15 minutes telling everyone how bad Geelong yeah, but are. they are also a grand finalist from last season. So, I mean, they can only beat who they play. And Correct. But that doesn't mean that you have to think they're legit after four rounds. Oh, they are playing pretty good. So, they're not, so that's the whole thing. They're not the real deal for you. Not yet. They have to like. I want to see them play a Richmond or a Port or a Bulldogs, even a Brisbane, a a, a team that we think is going to contend it by the end of the year. Well, we thought St Kilda were contending a couple of weeks ago before Melbourne absolutely made them look like fools. It's just it's been too many seasons of Melbourne doing this, and it's been too many years of know, people telling true. us that Melbourne are good. That's true. That is For me true. to be after four weeks, go, yep, yeah. I'm ready to I'm ready to commit to this now I, because they had. That the only true. team they beat that was half decent this year is Geelong. And that even they didn't play that well. St Kilda didn't play well when they played them. I haven't seen anything yet that confirms it. Yeah, Are no. they playing good footy no, right you, you now? Do make- 100%. Oh, do they have a very deep I'm midfield? 100%. People are getting, they're getting ahead of themselves. Is Ben Demons. Brown the answer to anyone's forward line? I don't think Look, so. Hey, the thing was, we, that we, was a thing that was missing, though. We, saying a, a key forward that could kick goals. I didn't know who, who was going to kick goals for them, who was going to be consistent. Because, like, 2018, when they started to get all excited up and about, mm. and they made a prelim, yes, but they got absolutely spanked. And if they mm. made that grand final either way, I don't think they'll win in the flag. Yeah, but their, their list suggests that they can be a contender. They've got the best ruckman in the competition. They've got two of the competition's 
top 10 best midfielders in mm. Petrarca and Oliver. They've got two of the competitions. Bailey Fritch is looking like a, like a, five, like a star. Mm. He's looking like one of the top in the Fritch. Then they've got Stephen May and Lever. Spargo has been good even. Spargo, yeah. Their, their list is good. And then you throw in like a small forward like Cozzy Pickett in the form he's in. And yeah, it was just a consistency factor there. And I don't want to get too, too excited. Uh, but yeah. what we've seen so far, it's funny though, is it, it's like Simon Goodwin cops it all the time. When they lose and when they're down, it heats mm. on him. Now they're winning and they're starting to look at the other. Like, oh, what, what's different? Maybe the assistant coaches have had a big impact in there. Yeah, and and the like credit. Mark Williams is getting credit. Adam Uze, I think, is there as well. He's getting credit. Um, but like, I feel sorry for Goody as well. Like, when they win, let's give him some credit. Good. That, that, that list is built by Gordo's him. Gordo's not well. giving him credit. Get, yeah, Gordo hates him. <laughs> yeah. That's fair enough. That doesn't matter. When will you give them credit? What, what, what oh, do yeah. they need to do? Tell me who they've got coming up. They've got us coming up in the next couple of weeks. They've got they're going to win two out of the next three, I think, by memory. By round ten, Anzac Eve big game against the Tigers. They lose to the Tigers. That's that's a that's oh, they, a they that's can a, lose to the Tigers by two points. It's not right, they, that's a benchmark. Off. That's a benchmark. They game beat there. they beat Hawthorne this week. They lose to Richmond. They beat North. Then who are they playing? Sydney. So out of Richmond, Sydney, and Carlton, they need to win two out of those three. Yeah, and I'll be saying I can trust them now. <laughs> you know right. what? It's so typical of Melbourne to. If they went out on Sunday you, you afternoon know what, and lost to Hawthorne, you it know won't what happen, happened. Hey, two years ago, me and Nick had a trivia night at the cafe around the corner here, and Mike Sheen was there, the biggest Melbourne supporter there is, right? And we, they were playing Sydney on the Thursday night. This was on the Tuesday night. We had that trivia night, and they were in all sorts at the start of the season. I can't remember early rounds, yeah. similar thing, but they were in all sorts. And we go, "What's happening at Melbourne?" He goes, "Mate, they're stuffed. They are woeful. They're not winning a game for a long time." That Thursday, they went and beat Sydney. Mm. You mm. never know what you're going to get with at this team. At the SCG. At yeah, the SCG. Right. Never know. Um, Josh Toth, who is not a fan of Gordo or you bagging the blues. Okay. Yep. But he's picked out Nick this week and he goes, ask Nick, who exactly is overrating Jones? And what's he going to say now after Jones dominated on the weekend again? Now, Nick I'm going to say that hates probably Liam Mr. Jones. Toth is overrating Jones, but it sounds I don't things. think he's overrating him at all. He he <laughs> dominated on the weekend. He's been a consistent performer over the last few seasons. He plays one good him, game in every five. No, him against him and Weedering combined for 25 intercept possessions on the weekend. They, they are consistent. He, intercept they possessions they played, they played the are the worst. Stats no, they're not. No, no. In terms of because <laughs> intercept possession is, is the most important for a no, backman. One hundred percent most important, but it can only happen if the team attacking forward is a poor entry team. Not always. You can still intercept even if it's good delivery inside fifty. That makes a good backman. Jimmy, they played the Suns. So they what? played the Suns. He went up against okay, a young so forward line. See, I rate he, him. He didn't do anything. I, I mean, he sh- shouldn't be at the I level. I rate him as a strong contested mark. Him and Weedering when they're fine, Average. like they did on the weekend, they can hold up. That backline held up. He's not on a the premiership weekend. key. That back. was a, that was a scrappy. It was a scrappy win, but the backline can hold their head up high. He still only goes at fifty percent disposal efficiency as well. So exactly. he might have he's the intercept. Average. But he's, 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 you see when he plays against Richmond, like he did in round his one, his disposal was, lets mate, him down. But that's not oh. his role to be a good kick out of the backline. No, his role is to shut down players, and, and he, he does rarely, that. No, he really? rarely does that. Right. One Who in every one in every five, like I said, and go. he will not win. A he's going. He's he's probably he's at fifty percent strike rate this year. I reckon for he, what? If you jump oh. at the time machine chat footy live app. You go on, go on to player stats, come to Chapman Chef. Gives you an yeah. easy rating. So he's Mate, three, three, seven, and eight. Give it to us. Three against the Tigers, three against Collingwood, added 10. It's our custom rating system. And then Fremantle and Gold Coast, who are teams that are probably on the fringe of the eight, but not a top Thank eight you, side. Gordo. 
seven and eight. So he had good. He has plays well against the average teams, and he struggles against sides that have a proper forward line. And if there so are who Carlton are playing, supporters who, out there, who, who is he playing? Well, yeah, that are rating Liam Jones as a quality defender, then that's the reason why Carlton won't win a premiership in the next <laughs> ten years because. They, they haven't been exposed to good enough plays in their list and they're oh, overrating okay. average talent. They oh, are. I want to distance Josh myself Tom. from Nicky <laughs> G's comments mate, there. They are overrating Blues average talent. Blues had to send all your so fan mail to. So, Josh, apparently every Carlton supporter is overrating. There you've got, not, you got your answer. Not every, but I'm sure well, there's some out there if that agree with me. everyone says he's a quality defender, then they're overrating is what you're he's saying. He's not a quality defender. Okay. He's a decent I'm defender. A Industry decent. standard. Industry yes. standard, apparently. There you go. Hey, let's, uh, Adam P. Montes tweeted in. He said, um, it's, he's got some fodder for this show. So I'm, I'm just summarising this because it's a long message. So bear with me. I heard that an AFLW Crows player will miss the grand final because of the 12-day concussion rule. That's harsh. But for her physical well-being, what about her mental and emotional well-being? My thought, how about the AFL reshuffles the much-hated week off before the finals to give both Grand final teams a week off before the big dance in, in, in a case someone like Dustin Martin or someone huge gets concussed in a prelim, for example, and then, yeah. and then misses out. There has been talk about this, I heard on the radio as well, um, and his side point was like the mental health of that player, how is it going to be for them to miss a grand final as well? That would mean, though, you'd have to have two games off, no? Two no, weeks no. off because think- they missed 12 days. Yeah, so, so you're gonna, you the prelim to happens on a Saturday. Yeah. And you play the grand final two weeks later, that's 14 days. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's, gonna, it's not going to be just one week off. It's going to be two if oh, they do the break, yeah. if oh, they yeah. do the gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, no, there's enough time. If you have a week off before the grand final, yeah. there's enough time. And what, yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. what happens if they do bring it in? Do they get rid of the bye before finals start? Yeah, because just that go mi- straight into wildcard week and then the teams that finish in the top four. Okay, but if they don't, yeah. if they don't, if they don't that means... Let's say if Richmond finish in the top four when they're qualifying final, their prelim, they're playing two games in five weekends ahead of a grand yeah, that, final. Yeah, well, that's the thing is is you've got to work all that out. But is that is it? More I reckon the pre-grand sure. final buy works better anyway because then the only two I teams hate affected. The pre-finals buy it's ridiculous. Then it's the only two teams affected are the teams that are playing in the grand final, so it's fair. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, if it's the pre-finals and the teams are finished outside the eight. Potentially have a better run of it because they played more consistent. But yeah, that's probably something they didn't think of in this twelve-day mm. concussion um, rule. It's like, yeah, it's fair enough. They got to miss twelve days. I saw the question come out straight away. I, I saw what I saw people say: Are they going to sweep it under the carpet if someone yeah, gets no, concussed? Yeah, I'm saying at a when AFL final? made this decision, I'm saying they probably didn't. Yeah, they don't the have AFL probably didn't. Yeah. But um, I think tough luck. Uh, I, don't, say, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like a buy before a grand final. And also, it's kind of like, well, if they broke their leg before the grand final, I'm not complaining. Anyway. So yeah, it's like exactly. injuries yeah, happen. Yeah, I think the whole it's thing a, is, yeah, injuries happen. That's right. It's just this is a protocol. Like they'll be right in a week. They could be right in a week. Yeah, but it's the same as like a same. hamstring. You could be right in a week, or you might not be. But they'll just be have, a, could, have an extra but week. If they off. feel like they can play, they should. They'll say it's my choice. I don't want to wait twelve days. I can play. I'm right in a week. I'm 100. percent But just because it's twelve days now, you've took taken that out of my control. So you that's don't the, you don't want it you don't want that's it. That's the rule. That's, that's the rule. The rule. Okay. I'm a traditionalist. I, I like the one week build up to a grand final. Two weeks is just dragging it on. All right, fair enough. Um, uh, last question for you boys. So make sure you hash, uh, hashtag the gym session. Please get involved. Ask any questions or make any comments. We'll read them all out. The last one is is uh, what does Bucks have to do to keep his job? Win games of footy. So what's a pass mark? Is what I mean. 
I didn't have them in my top eight this year, and I don't. I think Collingwood fans will forgive them if they don't make finals as well, considering the off season that they had. Um, but they just need to show that they're not they're not declining. They need they, they in their performances. They need to show spirit. They need to show heart. I don't think um, Collingwood fans would have minded losing to GWS on the weekend, but just the manner of really? which it happened. Either way, they'd be filthy. If it was a close game, if they put up a fight, it was tough conditions. Yeah, you know, mean, anything could happen then, in the even in the then, wet. Your most even is then, revealed. The most, the heart of your side is revealed that's in right. wet weather footy. They, they just need to win the games they're expected to win, and maybe blood some youth as well. I mean, in he's the process, bring in some youth. I think they've already yeah. um, as a debutante this week. But it's really not about the youth for him to survive. It's about now. And not really. I think their premiership window is slam shot. Well, well, he's got a. So he's gone either way then. Doesn't I don't think be. they need to press the full reset. He's been there for know, 10 I years. Think I think sometimes you need a new voice as well. Historically, coaches that have come in with little experience haven't succeeded well. Exactly. James Hurd is another one. They've He's just made it to a grand he, final. They were five points away from a flag. Buckley, Nick, Buckley does that change his, his whole footy life? That, does that change his, what he's known for because of that one goal? If he wins a flag, none of this is spoken about, I don't think. He was one kick away. It was a Dom Sheed kick away from a different football life. Yeah, but even that wasn't Collingwood's best season. You, that, I mean, that was Richmond's to lose in 2018. That's fine, but they were there. They were there, they were there, yeah. So I think it all I changes know. by one little moment like that can change everything. And he did get to a flag. He's got them to prelims. He's, I mean, regardless of, I think he's a half-decent coach, but I think it's his time. His time. If you're I not going to change I, I as a person big time, 10 years is a long time to hear the same messages and same voice. Absolutely. The interesting part of this is now that is we went down that road before. It used to be, I think, like this week, Kingy rolled out the five-year example. If you don't win it within your first five years at a club, your old hat, time to move you on. But then Dimmer, did, that wasn't proven the case with Dimmer. He had to change himself and rejuvenate. Yep. And so now we're along he this kind really of... lose his job in 16. Correct. Yeah. So it is like, do we double down on Bucks because there's something there or do we do we move on and get a, yeah. a, fresh, a fresh voice in? What I don't think works, though, is doing everything at once. So you don't want to go new coach, new list, all at once. I don't think and they'll I be doing a whole new list, though. But they nearly gave away their bloody future. They gave away... Right? <laughs> yeah, they did. They, did. they gave away but the next still, few years at the trade. Because then there's, there's no reason to go to Collingwood. Then you, then you become almost like North Melbourne-ish, where you got... There's no reason to play there because we're going to lose more games than we win. There's a new coach in there with a new system. We don't have nowhere near it for the next they three just, or four they, years. They're, so they're no almost problem. there. They're almost there. They just need to go through a short transition, blood a few youngsters... In the process, Hawthorne did it in 2009. We fell back down after winning the premiership, and everyone's like, "Oh, we got to rebuild again." In two years' time, they'll back in a grand final. Collingwood can do that because they still have players like Darcy Moore, like Brody Grundy, like Taylor Adams. They can still do it, but it's, it's just going to take a couple of years, maybe a new coach. But I wouldn't be well, doing. I look a full forward rebuild. to Alistair Clarkson leading the Pies to a uh, massive uh, grand final victory <laughs> next year. Nah, Clark goes past it. They'll go with someone young. All right, guys. Uh, hashtag the gym session. Please get involved. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to these boys about the week. Thanks to Mark Finey Fine for having a chat. That was absolutely de- delightful. And uh, one of my favourite, I reckon. It was a good fun with Finey. Enjoyed it. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. And I, will, I hope your team wins on the weekend, unless you support the Saints. Go Tigers. Have a good weekend.